we go. It's Bible Study Wednesday on Law and Gospel. I'm Pastor Tom Baker on this April the 26th in the year of our Lord 2023. And we're taking a look at the book of Proverbs during these weeks. Before I start, I want to tell you my new email address in case you want to write comments to me, ask questions, order material. It's tombaker at brick.net. Brick is B-R-I-C-K. Tombaker at brick.net. Now, Today is the last time we're going to be live this week because KFUO will be raising money Thursday and Friday. So we encourage you to phone in and give a donation to KFUO to keep us all on the air. But right now we're going to be taking a look at Proverbs chapter 20. This is dealing with fools, which in Proverbs always refers to unbelievers. It began in chapter 19, verse 13, and goes through chapter 22, verse 16, how to deal with fools. Now, this is God's thinking. And what does verse 1 say? Wine is a mocker, strong drink a brawler, and whoever is led astray it is not wise. Now, normally the term mocker always refers to an individual. This is the only time in Proverbs where the word mocker refers to an inanimate object, and that is wine. I was just reading some articles about how an occasional red wine is good for you, and yet, I just read another article yesterday that because of some of the negative effects of red wine, especially for pregnant women, it'd be better they not drink wine at all. So I have found this very interesting in taking a look at various foods throughout the years. Eggs used to be something you had to watch out for. Today, they seem to be okay. In other words, foods change. And not because there's a change in the food, but a change in the science indicating that, well, this is good for you, this wasn't. Uh, there was a lengthy article in Consumer Reports recently about hard chocolate, dark chocolate, a lot of it is not good for you. And they explained which ones weren't. And they've indicated that now some of the stores are changing their chocolate so it's better for you. But that's what happens. You've got individuals taking a look at all kinds of food, what's good, what's not good. Wine is a mocker which means when somebody gets intoxicated with wine or strong drink, they become a brawler. 
You, you see this in movies all the time where somebody is drinking at a bar and they're having too much. And then the bartender, he or she tells them, we can't give you any more. And they get angry. And then a fist fight begins. And this is what God is talking about. Whoever is led astray, and the term led astray in the second part of the verse really means to be intoxicated. They are not wise. In fact, this is the same language by being led astray in this verse as it is used in chapter 7, verse 11, talking about the adulteress. How does she lead men astray to use her in a sinful way? She says, well, when you give me money, I will make sure that the temple tax is paid for. And so men think, well, she's paying taxes at the temple, so what's wrong with meeting with her? But no, she is leading men astray. And one is not wise. So the idea of being led astray is the opposite of being wise. And all the time in the book of Proverbs, wisdom comes from God and him alone. Specifically, Jesus is called the wisdom of the world. And therefore, listening to Jesus is important. I, I, I recall when I was at the seminary reading about the Lord's Supper that a lot of them were saying, a lot of Christians, because they were against drinking alcoholic beverages, it couldn't have been an intoxicating liquid. Now, it is true that in Jesus' day, they were unable to put together distilled liquor, but they did use grain such as barley to end up with intoxicating drinks. So you could almost say wine is a mocker, strong beer makes somebody very noisy. And whoever is intoxicated by it is not wise. So it's not that God is against drinking alcoholic beverages, but you need to be very careful that you take them in moderation. Verse two, the terror of a king is like the growling of a lion. Whoever promotes him to anger forfeits his life. In other words, what this is saying is the fearful anger of a king is like the growling of a lion. That reminds us of the book of Daniel, where Daniel was thrown into the lion's den. And the lions were really hungry. But God kept them from killing Daniel. And when the king came the next morning and saw that Daniel was still alive, well, then he threw into the pit with the lions those men who had unjustly accused Daniel. So the terror of a king is like the growling of a lion. 
this is really God talking to magistrates that you don't want to get on the fearful anger side of a king because whoever provokes him to anger may forfeit his life. Now, this is also important to remember that this verse could be talking about God. God has fearful anger like the growling of a lion. Remember, Moses comes down from Mount Sinai bringing the Ten Commandments, and the people have concocted a calf that they made out of their jewelry and are worshiping it. What does God do? He opens the ground and earthquakes swallow a number of the people. What does God do to the disobedient Israelites who are worshiping other gods? and not worshiping proper at the temple. He allows them go to go into Babylonian captivity. We, we need to recognize that God can be really fearful. In fact, that's why the first commandment, thou shalt have no other gods before me, is explained by Martin Luther correctly. You should fear love and trust in God above all things. Why do you need to fear God? Because that makes you aware of what you do right and when you do wrong. In fact, I was listening to a program, and this was a detective, and he made a point that I thought was really good. He said, anytime you do an act where your heart is telling you you shouldn't do it, then don't do it. Proverbs is very clear that God never lets you do a sin without causing punishment behind that sin. You may not recognize the punishment. You may think it's due to something else, but it is truly something that God needs to be fearful of. We fear God like we fear our parents. We love our parents, and we don't think they really are out to hurt us. But when we do something disobedient, we fear the punishment or the discipline that could come afterwards. Verse 3 of Proverbs 20. It is an honor for a man to keep aloof from strife but every fool will be quarreling. Now, it is really in the Hebrew to a man's glory that he keeps separate from needless strife. Now, sometimes you have to have strife, as Jesus did. He strove against the Pharisees, even against his disciples. You know, when they said, oh, forget about these children. Let, let's concentrate on the adults. No, permit the little children to come unto me, for of such is the kingdom of God. And, and so Jesus was in strife throughout his ministry against his own family, who did not believe him to be the Christ, against his own mother, who told him to stop talking the way he was. 
against his own disciples who were at times kind of disturbed by the way Jesus acted and they could not figure it out. But a needless strife, and we know people like that. You say A, they say B. And we're talking about those who really have that kind of personality, that they always have to argue with everything. It's not bad at all, like in a marriage where you might have little argument going on here and there. That's good. The wife should stand up to the husband and the husband to the wife. But there's no doubt that needless strife uh, a lot of times can cause a separation in the marriage, uh, a divorce, etc. And every fool, and that word for fool, once more, refers to an unbeliever, a stubborn individual will be prone to quarreling all the time. It's been a real experience having adult instruction class. And even though the two classes I'm teaching right now, I don't have anyone who's really quarreling with me. I, I have had that experience where I'm teaching the word of God and people say, no, no, that can't be true. And they quarrel with the word of God. Now, that's an individual who can't bring himself to believe the word of God. And that's understandable because it takes the power of the Holy Spirit to have faith and trust that word of God. So, if you know of an individual who can stay away from needless strife, that is to his glory. But every stubborn fool will be prone to quarreling. Verse 4, the sluggard does not plow in the autumn. He will seek at harvest and have nothing. Now, that's a verse that needs an explanation because when we read that, we're not sure what it means. We know a sluggard in the book of Proverbs always refers to a lazy person. And it says, he does not plow in the autumn. Actually, the original language reads, the lazy do not plow after the autumn. Why? Because in Jesus' day, in Palestine, it was the best time to plant and plow because after the autumn was the right time for rain. And when the sluggard, the lazy person, doesn't do what he's supposed to do at the right time, he will go to the harvest and find out he has nothing to harvest, and he will be reduced to begging. This also is how God thinks. When do we not plow in the autumn? 
or when do we not plow at the right time? We do not raise our grain, plant our seed by going to church. We ignore going to church. And therefore, we are not plowing our own seed when we should be, learning from the Word of God and from the Holy Spirit. And therefore, at the time of harvest, we may have nothing in our minds reduced to begging rather than to thanking Jesus Christ for our salvation. Verse 5. The purpose in a man's heart is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. Now, that word purpose can also be translated as the advice in a man's heart is like deep water. So many people have wonderful plans in their minds, in their heart, and it's like deep water. In fact, a lot of times I have trouble sleeping at night because I'm thinking about what am I going to do tomorrow about certain things? How am I going to satisfy my needs? How am I going to get more food or more clothing? And I look forward to tomorrow, but that's because the purpose in my heart is like deep water. But a man of understanding, and there we have that word understanding. While God uses it in Proverbs, it always refers to an understanding of the Holy Spirit. So you may have a lot of ideas deep in your heart, but through the help of the Holy Spirit and the proper understanding they can be drawn out in such a way that what you are doing is according to the will of God. So just because you've got some hopes in your heart, it's like deep water, and it takes understanding to draw them out and achieve them properly. Verse 6, many a man proclaims his own steadfast love. But a faithful man, who can find? Now, what does that verse mean? What God is saying is that human beings proclaim their loyalty. But the way they proclaim it, it's kind of like a fading flower. It looks beautiful for a time and then degenerates as the sun goes down. It may not get water and the age comes by when it itself is no longer possible. So there's no doubt that you have a lot of people who will proclaim their steadfast love, their loyalty. But who can find a faithful man? In other words, God is saying to be faithful means to believe the promises of God 
and trust them and recognize that, well, things need to change in order for us to follow God's will. Verse 7, the righteous who walks in his integrity, blessed are his children after him. Now, that shows a part of God's thinking, that if you walk in integrity, in honesty, in truthfulness, you will often be able to be used as an example for your children. And blessed are the children after him. Remember what the Bible says, that the sins of the father also occur in the children. And it's obvious why that occurs, because they see see the sins of the father. I was watching a movie recently, and a mother needed money. And so she and persuaded her daughter to go out and set fire to their car. Now, how did that give her money? Well, the car was destroyed, but it was insured. So she was able to collect money on it and until they began to investigate her and find out that she was using a number of things to earn money in illegal ways, like even killing her husband. So, yes, you can look at a person and say, that's a loyal person. But deep down, they may not be loyal. Now, sometimes you can't watch that. For example, I had a flat tire, oh, about 50 miles away from the congregation. And I went to the congregation and asked for somebody to drive me back to the town where I had the flat tire. That was taking a chance because I might not have gotten a ride or where I had left it at, namely a gas station, they said there was nobody there who could fix it. So what am I going to do? Well, I, I left it there. I got the ride back. And guess what? The lady who was head of the gas station at that time called her husband and he came with his truck and put a new tire, a spare tire in the trunk, put it on, and I was able to go home. That was wonderful. You just don't know what God's going to be doing. A king who sits on the throne of judgment winnows all evil with his eyes. Now, right away, if you're reading this to your children, they're not going to understand what winnows means. W-I-N-N-O-W-S. This is the task of a farmer. When he winnows or separates the chaff, which is no good, from the grain. In other words, this is another verse where God is interested in magistrates. We've already heard you don't want to get in front of the terror of a king if you are doing something perverse. Well, you also 
don't want to get in trouble with him while he's winnowing the flock because you disagree with him on biblical grounds. No, he winnows, we listen. God says something to us. Who can say, I have made my heart pure? I am clean from my sin. See, this reminds me of Matthew chapter 7, verse 2. Here's what Jesus says about that. Judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? And that's why God says in chapter 20 of Proverbs, verse 9, Who is there that can say, I have made my heart pure? I am clean, or I have been cleansed from my sin. No, the only person who can say that is a Christian who has been saved by the Holy Spirit. Here again, Jesus gets all the credit for pure hearts and cleansed from sin. Verse 10, unequal weights and measures are both alike an abomination to the Lord. See, the Lord is interested even in the marketplace. And what is an abomination to him? A diversity of weights and unequal measures. Like you go to a place to sell your grain, and maybe let's say it's corn, and it weighs 10 pounds. But when you put it on the seller's scale, it only goes to eight pounds. And therefore, you're dealing with unequal weights and unequal measures. So here we have in Proverbs 20, again, marvelous advice from God the Father as to how he recognizes women and men who are Christian from those who are not. Now join us next Monday because we're off Thursday and Friday for the share God bless you. Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 930 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your checkout to Law and Gospel and mail to Law and Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri 63132, or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.